0: Hello, everyone. and Thanks again for joining us for another edition of Integrated Informatics with Paragon Consulting Partners. Today, we'll be talking with Val Capitula, a partner here at Paragon Consulting Partners and an expert in cardiovascular imaging and information systems. Welcome, Val.
1: Thank you. My pleasure.
2: Hey, so yeah. Val, it's great to, to have you on. I have had the pleasure of Knowing you for gosh, almost 20 years now, I remember when we uh, first joined forces doing film to filmless projects way back in the early 2000s. Yeah, I'm sure you remember those days. <laughs> uh, and and your background, I know you came out of the clinical space in, in radiology, and somewhere down the path, you at some point uh, kind of redirected your focus and attention toward the cardiovascular service line and CVIS solutions and implementations. And you're very well versed in the market. Maybe you can tell us a little bit about your journey.
1: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And yeah, those are some great times, Uh, um, uh, you know, starting in a clinical space, and then transitioning to consulting work, you almost naturally get to see that both sides of the aisle and starting the early analog to digital conversion in diagnostic imaging, you know, I had an opportunity to work also in the vascular IR lab and and a little bit of CAS. And roughly around 2012, I believe, is when I started really focusing on CV service lines. Due to the fact that we we were seeing that like diagnostic imaging or the traditional radiology packs was taking some maturity path, but then you looking at the cardiovascular informatics and the imaging and kind of overall service lines uh they were just beginning to kind of take a look at that enterprise consolidation and a digital conversion moving away from tapes and recorders and such so i think we just saw i i personally i saw that a roadmap, an opportunity to kind of jump in into that space and and haven't turned back. It's been an incredible journey, as you know, and a lot of lessons learned along the way, and, and obviously in the various service levels that we've done and project opportunities. So it's it's been an incredible journey so far.
0: So Val, you've had um, vast experience with PAX implementations and CVIS implementations. With your focus now being on cardiology, what have you found to be the biggest difference um, in the PAX world or the radiology world traditionally versus um, the CVIS or, or cardiovascular world?
1: Yeah, uh, Laura, that's a great question. You know, I think if you look at a PAX acronym and a CVIS acronym, it mentions the image object versus informatics, two specific terms, and there's a reason for that. When you look at CVIS and you talk to any cardiologist, most of the cardiologists with exception of maybe vascular surgeons that are kind of the hybrids or the nuke mad cardiologists, most of their work is actually centered around informatics, either discrete data coming out or some sort of index being used or capturing measurements through a case, um, say like an echocardiography case or electrophysiology. They're using calculated formulas. So a lot of the cardiologists actually use imaging for more of a correlation, if you will. And when you look at a PAC system or, or, or radiologist or any subspecialty, they really focus on the image as being the first visual object and point of diagnosis, if that makes sense. So I think mostly if you generally look at these two specific systems and service lines, the data aspect of it or the informatics is a true differentiator and, and also reporting. The, the way they report cardiologists, they really look at the structured data more than, more than the radiologists would. And I don't want to dismiss the imaging uh, completely from cardiology because, again, there's evolving service lines specifically around diagnostic interventional cast. You know, we have obviously agrocardiography, nuclear ma- medicine, um, specifically vascular EKG. Those service lines definitely use imaging and heavily. For example, with electrophysiology, you have 3D mapping. Uh, which is a kind of evolving technology, which allows a cardiologist to correlate their specific location for ablations where they're at. So visual and imaging is definitely evolving and being used a lot more. Some of these specialties structural heart services, for example, for TAVR cases, they use multi-imaging correlations. So these are some of the specific areas where imaging is growing, um, especially in large organizations. And as a administrator or a strategist for these large enterprise projects, it's very important to understand these specific workflows and evolving technologies.
2: So, so Val, if I understand what you're making is that when you look at cardiovascular information system platforms or the enterprise-type solutions, you're really looking at a lot more a disparity in a variety of inputs. Is that correct?
1: Absolutely. For example, you can take a hemo system, which has a lot of intra-procedural notes, and you can have a registry component for cardiovascular informatics, which is not part of a PAC system at all. And those disparate systems, you have also examples like inventory management, which is very data informatics centric. So all these source systems or components of a CVIS are very critical to the overall CVIS initiative. And if overlooked... That could be absolutely detrimental to the success.
0: So Val, one of the things that um, I, I know we've all seen and we've all experienced is the continued pressure to try and consolidate imaging systems across the enterprise. So bringing together cardiology and radiology, for example, sort of being the first two imaging service lines that are, are usually targets for consolidation from a technical perspective looking at that as a strategy, you know, if an organization is hoping to align their enterprise imaging and CVIS strategies together, what are the key things, in your opinion, that should be considered as key success factors that um, that need to be thought about when trying to bring multiple different disparate service lines together that have different imaging and information needs?
1: Yeah, that's a, that's a great point, Lori. I think there's three main things that I see from previous uh, kind of experiences and customers we worked with, specifically large integrated networks, la- large health systems where you may have uh, academia involved or research, maybe with some more evolving or bleeding edge, if you will, technologies. We see that most of these enterprise initiatives, when they began, there is either lack of governance or, or fully integrated steering committees. What I mean by that is we may start with enterprise imaging committee but it may be missing let's say a, a a unique physician that is practicing in in the corner let's say of an organization like electrophysiology for example or someone that might be running a rehab center for cardiology with tilt tables or you may have some sort of affiliate group and each one of these groups they provide a very valuable service for cardiovascular service lines and if they're not included in the early stages of this project, you're going to end up missing either some sort of workflow need, which drives your technology or design of the system. You will have lack of engagement and then further on adoption at the go-live, which I've recently dealt with personally, where you had a couple of key physicians not involved in the project and they completely dug their heels when it came to adopting structural reporting. More on invasive side than non-invasive, but it does happen if an organization does not include some of these key physicians or practitioners early in the game. The other piece really is, is understanding and, re- and truly looking at all the use cases for enterprise imaging and then how cardiology aligns, whether it's image-based in the early stages for enterprise viewing, referencing, or if you want to go big bang and do the whole CVS with informatics and reporting. So if you look, for example, at a workflow, so in a subspecialist in cardiology, very common use cases is presentation of ultrasound and, and sine loops and hanging protocols and how a physician may go through a still frame versus a sine loop. A lot of systems can't present these images in a certain way, and if not captured early in the game, it can be detrimental to your success. For example, nuc is a good area of where you have radiologists and cardiologists collaborating. For example, if you have a cardiac nuke med where let's say there's stress case involved, a radiologist may be reading the image part of the case and the stress is done by a cardiologist. And if the technology or the system platform is not equipped to support both of these physicians in collaboration around that, it could really impede the workflow at the end. There's many examples. I, I, I mean, I can go for days here, but a lot of areas where cardiologists overlooked is in the non-commonly practiced modalities. For example, to be electrophysiology, there's examples of modalities as uh, ICE, which is a intracardiac echo, or you have IVUS, which is an intravascular ultrasound, or or OCTs now becoming common with optical coherence tomography in CAP. Many times, if, if these specific modalities are not on the table, or at least within scope or use cases are defined, a, you, you either miss it completely or, or B, it's an 11th hour rush to the finish line right before the goal line. And, and kind of a third point, Laurie, is that we're seeing this lack of strategy or at least phased approach to some of these projects. Um, it, it seems like when these organizations come to a conclusion to bring an enterprise imaging project with cardiology uh, influence, it, it's kind of like a, a big bang approach. Let's, let's put everything into quote-unquote, cardiology bucket. However, what we're finding is, uh, to my points earlier with workflow being overlooked or specific use cases, there's also a lack of phased approach. And What I mean by that is if if you look at a cardiovascular program, you can actually be a lot more successful if you adopt echocardiography or EKG, essentially non-invasive service lines early in the project, and then move on to the invasive ones down the road. And here's why. Many times, the echo or, or peripheral vascular ultrasound or EKG, that workflow is similar to, to radiology, where a physician can sit in front of the work list and just read their cases, where an interventional case is completely different. A, a physician, when, it, when they're done with diagnostics or intervention, they may reference the imaging shortly after the case, and then complete their dictation right there, and they're done, and they move on. Completely different workflow, and if that's overlooked... And, and not clearly defined for the cardiologist or interventional vascular physician there, they may not adopt that workflow at Live. So just understanding what could be easier or low-hanging fruit in the early stages is, is important as well when you, when you build this strategy.
0: Yeah, and Val, you're bringing up a lot of um, very specific workflows and use cases in the cardiovascular world and, and to me this is really highlighting one of the core differences between cardiovascular and radiology and that is just the sheer diversity of um, reporting workflows and imaging systems and combinations of imaging and information that go into cardiovascular compared to um, more traditional radiology imaging um, then that being said you know a lot of projects there's a strong appetite that we've seen to consolidate um, these imaging specialties into a single platform. So eliminating as many advanced visualization systems as possible, um, third-party viewers as possible, and bringing this all together um, sort of in a perfect world into a common radiology, cardiology system and infrastructure. So I have a two-pronged question for you with that background in mind. And the first half of it is, how realistic is it? For an organization to expect that they'll be able to implement a shared radiology cardiovascular solution to address these types of um, broad use cases that you're addressing you know what's the vendor landscape um, like out there and and the second prong of that is you know where compromises need to be made and and i'm assuming that in most cases there will be compromises when we're looking at single vendor versus multi-vendor solutions How do you help organizations sort of navigate that decision process between how we prioritize radiology use cases versus cardiology use cases? And even within cardiovascular, I'm assuming that there is a whole different level of prioritization that that needs to go on. How do you navigate that when a client um, is really looking to try and create that type of consolidation in their organization?
1: Yeah. Great point. Great point. Yeah. From IT perspective, you want to consolidate and reduce that cost as quickly as you can, as we've heard, but um, not, not as easily as it said. So great point. I think one of the key things that we see is is just understanding your service lines when it comes to radiology and cardiology. So for example, if you have a strong vascular program um, or if you have uh, let's say uh, a cardiology strong program where they don't affiliate themselves with the vascular surgeons, you will most likely see these cardiologists um, focus into an informatics-based system, a CVIS, naturally. So it's very difficult. You you may have a specific CPACS associated with that platform in terms of short-term storage. Your vendor-neutral archive may consolidate all the imaging on the backhand for referencing and viewing for, for referring physicians but your specialists will continue to work in their respective system. And here's why. For a cardiologist, you may have electrophysiologists who may never look at the imaging in, the, in a kind of a comprehensive platform. They may do some uh, initial consultation where they affer- reference a CTA, an MRA, or maybe even an echo. But during the case itself, they, they won't reference the imaging. They will use a little 3D mapping for, to support their case. If you look at a, a vascular surgeon, they cross-pollinate. They actually want to see a correlation of a CT angiogram or MRI angiogram with their diagnostic case that they did in the cath lab. So again, it, it really depends on what the service lines are, your specialist, and, and how realistic is it to phase your enterprise system. Advanced visualization uh, or post-processing is absolutely a mess. If you look at all the products available between radiology, Vascular and cardiology. Um, in cardiology, you could find, you know, up to twenty different post-processing systems in in a, an organization, a large organization. You could probably consolidate them to maybe five. And the reason is because you have a nuke med, you have a vascular surgeon, and you have a specialist cardiologist that specifically use their modules to certain cases, and you can't consolidate beyond three or five systems until again. Industry evolves more, right? So the vision is great. I mean, the vision's there from IT perspective, maybe, uh, or from continual kind of uh, longitudinal record. But realistically, it, it's very difficult to consolidate even today. Um, I think that's where the industry is still targeting their features and functionality, and their products.
2: So Val, you mentioned um, kind of the, some of the challenges around consolidation. Can you talk a little bit more about the differences you see in implementing enterprise cardiovascular solutions, since you have experience and you've done dozens of PACs, radiology PACs implementations, what's the difference between the two? I'm assuming that there's a very different approach that, that is required to kind of achieve uh, an enterprise platform that supports all the different specialties within cardiology. That's much different than it is in radiology.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, I think, for one, a lot of the cardiovascular acquisition devices, for one, are not as as ready as maybe diagnostic imaging, in general or radiology, when it comes to DICOM standards or even discrete data exchange via XML uh, or even exporting a PDF. For, there's there's examples right now that I can think of when it comes to I mentioned ICE in in my earlier conversation. IVIS, OCT, point-of-care ultrasound for vassal access. There's modalities, for example, in a cath lab that, that may support interventional radiography per body and vascular and cath lab. So you have a hemo system that supports supplies and billing as, as a one supply chain, but you have three different physicians and three different service lines supporting that one modality. So having the ability to integrate that modality to a single work list, which ingests your patient level and procedure level index, it's extremely difficult. So just having that knowledge and and understanding what, what your modality acquisition baseline is, are most of these modalities DICOM capable? Are they able to export? Are they even networked, right? So understanding that piece in cardiology is critical because, again, cardiology is not as maybe further ahead as your radiology program or diagnostic imaging. You find things, I think very unique things in cardiology, which may not be common. I mentioned cardiac rehab. You have things like tilt tables. There's very specific departments and service lines that are not always brought to the table when a strategy is being developed. So just, again, grab that net and just throw it out there and get as much as you can when you're building the strategy to understand all the acquisition devices, their export abilities, and their integration points. Some of the gaps I'm seeing specifically is that cross-pollination of physicians. I mentioned this earlier. If you have contracted groups that you work with, and then let's say if you don't have a professional group that's staffed, they may have different requirements for uh, cardiac NUC-MED or vascular that kind of falls in between. So understanding their needs and their uh, workflow uniqueness is extremely important Where you may have a kind of a standard, more standardized workflow and flow in cardiology, I mean radiology, apologies. You get into different teams. Um, I think when it comes to PACs, you kind of work with radiologists, maybe some some specialists, and you have your front team when it comes to registration scheduling, and and then you have a technologist in the middle that kind of lays on that, pulls everything together. What happens in cardiovascular initiatives, you start pulling teams like quality teams for registries. You start pulling in supply chain for inventory management. You start talking to teams or even a team members, a single person team that may be doing a lot more with less. And really capturing that stakeholder analysis early in, in the game is absolutely critical. And then overall, I think we're seeing organizational restructure being a, a strong gap in cardi- cardiology. When it comes to cardiology, you may have a more mature program on the ECHO side then let's say you may have an, an electrophysiology side or in inventory management. And having a good vision from a steering committee to understand that gap in organizational structure or what kind of resources you may have or their expertise is, is critical. Meaning that, for example, if you have a regional-based Um, If you have a multi-state or even a large health system that you can't assign a full-time employee or CPAC's admin or or CVS admin at a local market, you may have to take that responsibility to the enterprise, right, to your regional level maybe. And having that restructure is critical, and having that plan early in the game is absolutely important. Um, I have a customer that just recently, they're still restructuring their teams, And it's been an absolute delay in a project and it's cost around that and just absolute frustration. So a lot of lessons learned from that, just having a good plan around resource restructure as well, in addition to technological restructure.
0: So this makes me wonder, Val, I mean, when we look at some of these uh, strategies and implementation projects that happen in our industry, most typically we see a lot of these spearheading out of the radiology world. Um, And that's likely due to the fact that radiology is is traditionally much higher volume, Um, so they're usually driving a lot of the technology initiatives um, in the imaging world. But tell me, what's your thoughts based on the order of operations here? Would there be value in sort of flipping that on its head? And based on the fact that cardiovascular has such unique um, needs and, and catered workflows and things like that, would it make sense to start with a cardiology project? What would that look like to to begin in the cardiology world and then branch into radiology world, which, which would be quite different than the way things are traditionally done right now.
1: Yeah, that's a good perspective. Um, we, we naturally don't see that very often. So I think that's a very unique question um, for a couple of reasons. I think one of them is really around the budgeting. Um, it really just depends on how the, um, the budget aligns and where the immediate gaps are. So I think if you start with cardiology, there's a small component i think when the cardiovascular service lines where you have the referring physicians referencing the the image objects or the reporting that might be an opportunity to consolidate uh, down the road but start with cvis and cardiovascular consolidation early one of the things that uh, i think it would benefit quite a bit is data aggregation i think if cvs initiative started earlier you would have a kind of a more intelligent approach to how data is used, number one, how it's mined and, well, how it's stored, again, before anything else, how it's stored and what can we do with that data in the early stages. I think the data is an aftermath of these organizations when they build these strategies. And I think if you focus on the data and the need around the data based on current trends, I think that would be a a tremendous win for an organization to be, again, intelligent, with their data. That's again CVS going first. I think there's also an opportunity when it comes to revenue, purely speaking from revenue perspective, it seems like the radiology still continues to be or, or diagnostic imaging more of a cost center. Your cardiology services is still a revenue center. And it's it's amazing to see how much your electrophysiologists that bring probably most of your revenue in cardio, cardiology space are probably the last ones to the table when it comes to efficiency integration and, and having that A to Z workflow completely optimized. So it's an interesting perspective. Absolutely.
2: So Val, I mean, everything that you're saying is, is really interesting for the people who uh, listen and uh, have some expertise or some knowledge of, of CVIS and, and PAX. One of the questions that I think that, that brings to mind for me, um, because we're always asked to kind of project out for our clients, you know, what to expect, you know, what is the horizon of a project like this? Um, and maybe using Pax, a, an enterprise Pax implementation is the baseline. It sounds like it's probably a, a, a longer implementation cycle to get through a CVIS, but that's just my assumption. Can you talk about that a little bit?
1: Yeah, I think it, it's probably, relatively speaking, um, will be the same. I think some of the, the differentiators here would be the, the subspecialty. Assuming in in option A, if you have a kind of a cardiology-only service line or heavy cardiology direction and and medical directors, that timeline or roadmap is going to be relatively shorter. If you have a kind of option B where you have a cardiology that's affiliated with vascular surgeons where they correlate quite a bit or they work together or or the programs are blended, that would definitely complicate things and naturally extend that timeline. Reversely for radiology, Uh, if you have the vascular program that's blended in with your radiology, that's going to complicate things. So it's really how the organization is structured and just understanding where the organization wants to go as a final product. Because, again, you can phase your CVIS with having just uh, non-invasive service lines go first to stabilize the system. So that could be your phase one and phase two with the invasive and more complex or subspecialty service lines adopted. So it's really, a, there's, there's multi-way to look at it, but I think relatively speaking, if you just have a cardiology or, or truly just cardiology CVIS, uh, it should be relatively the same as, as your typical radiology PACS implementation.
0: So well- what are some of the common frustrations that you see experienced um, by your clients when they're trying to deploy an enterprise CBIS solution? You know, with all of the things that you're mentioning, I imagine there are a lot of pitfalls that people can run into throughout the um, the selection and the deployment process. And are there any commonalities there that um, continue to sort of rear their ugly heads, so to speak?
1: Yeah, I, I think for the most part, you see kind of the. Acquisition device readiness, I mentioned earlier, is is a big frustration. They always seem to come up with new devices halfway through the project. It just seems like the the baseline modality acquisition analysis is, is never complete unless you work with uh, again some sort of third parties consulting firm. But again, also uh, having to do with EHR CVISs, or we 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 call them kind of CVs, or the um, uh, ethics of the world, the CERNers they're now competing with their products. I think. Having that EHR driven uh, CVIS creates a little bit of a disparity or gaps, if you will, with third party integrations or additional the APIs you might be looking where you naturally would not if you have a kind of an integrated CVIS that's all single vendor. You're also seeing CFS industry still trailing behind in a kind of truly integrated platform. There's still a lot of incomplete uh, structured reporting templates. You're still seeing quite a bit of Third-party partners being used, which is not ideal for your IT administration supporting multiple interfaces and and all kinds of plat- you know, additional caches and and applications. You're still not seeing quite a bit of integrated uh, advanced visualization. We mentioned that earlier. Um, so th- these are some of the some of the kind of main examples. But also on the technical side, if if you're a large organization looking to maybe introduce uh, a research packs or um, introduce, say, some sort of academia-based workflow. Not a lot of that's still available for, for CVIS. And you look at, uh, for example, IOCM, uh, Image Object Change Management, uh, a, a simple thing that we've heard you know for several years now that's readily available. You have organizations right now still challenged with that, with their vendors not having that in place between uh, their neutral archive and, and their CVS platform. So um, these are just some some examples that we're seeing um, more recently. And one last item, which is kind of um I mentioned this earlier as well is the cV based analytics and aggregation of all the CV based data. What I mean by that is right now, I have organizations, I can think of three um, recently that they can't pull a cost per case in the cath lab, which includes your inventory management, your technical charge, your professional charge. So for administrator, not having, that kind of information in 2020 is it's a very surprising w- lack of functionality
0: what do you perceive to be some of the biggest gaps in the technology ecosystem um, in cardiovascular today, um, or to rephrase that um, in a more interesting way, perhaps where do you think the areas of greatest opportunities lie for innovators who are looking to, um, to make a difference in the cardiovascular realm
1: yeah that's a, that's a great question I, I think just you know having the system itself is one thing technically um having a fully integrated cvs um we have obviously epics of the world right now taking um control of the market quite a bit and and that integration points so where i think a lot of the c is out there third parties are, are really collaborating with epic to make sure um they're, they're truly integrated with seamless i think there's a lot of opportunity there still for the customers or organizations that are, are leveraging Epic Cupid. You also have some of the home base in the midst of the COVID-19 pandemic. You know, we're seeing more just last a few months, the drive to take care back to the home, right? So virtualize things, things, a lot more mobility. So there's still quite a bit of gap in that space with the integration points interfacing back to the EHR or your CVI ads. Truly providing mobility to your cardiologists, and, and specifically like echocardiology, is a great opportunity where you can actually have your cardiologist remote for the most part and, and have most of these cases done from, from outside the hospital. You have the home-based devices that are your heavy growing, very quickly growing market that are struggling to connect with your complete patient record in the hospital systems. That's still a great opportunity there. There are cloud-based CV platforms specifically around halt or device check, MRI, CT advanced visualization that are being processed on the cloud and then just, again, reported with the final either image presentation or report back to the customer. That integration point or that workflow is still quite a bit behind in terms of making that very seamless for the the customer or the organization. So, in generally speaking, CVIS has been naturally behind, I would say, probably you know, six to ten years, depending who you ask, behind diagnostic imaging or radiology packs. But there's still a lot of disparity in, in the market gaps when it comes to these, quote-unquote, CVISs and fully integrated systems. So, a lot, still a lot of opportunity there.
0: Yeah, thanks, Val. It definitely sounds like there's a lot of uh, areas for improvement in cardiology and cardiovascular um, imaging and information systems. So, you know, hopefully we see some of those make it to market um, in the near term. But in the meantime, for those healthcare organizations that are really seeking to undergo a transformation in their um, CPACs or CDIS um, workflows or realm, what sort of words or wisdom or pieces of advice would you have for them as they sort of begin their journey?
1: I think, for one, you need to understand your organization. That's the first piece. Um, Just because there's a buzzword out there for CVS consolidation or enterprise imaging consolidation, I think each organization is unique to their own service lines and their region. And understanding your physicians, your staff, your technologists, sonographers, and their workflow, and getting that true baseline of use cases and what the... Problem statements are, I think that's critical step number one. I think the second piece is really building a true governance or or steering committee, whether it's CVS or what's enterprise imaging or combined. Having key people on and decision makers on these steering committees is is absolutely critical for early stages to design and make sure it's comprehensive. Mm -hmm. And then later stages, building a strong program around change management. Uh, adopting new technologies, integration points, and understanding truly understanding these acquisition devices and new platforms that are constantly coming out, and having decision makers whether to adopt that technology or not or wait. so th- this is very important to have that committee and I think finally as as organizations take on these projects, and I've been through a lot of the implementation phases personally. I think it's important, extremely important is is to engage your clinical teams. A lot of the initiatives today are are driven by i t teams and again it it's with all due respect it's it's just how things are done nowadays, but what happens is is that we don't see clinical engagement. I know they're all busy cardiologists, radiologists they're extremely busy but I think building the case for them to understand the value of their input in the early stages and then making sure that the workflow and all their needs are considered in an early stage is extremely important for the adoption down the road. So I'll leave it at that. I think the market has obviously a lot of opportunity to offer still in terms of products. um, But I think that partnership in the early stages, both with your vendor partner and your physicians um, is extremely important.
0: Yeah, that's that's excellent advice, Val. Thank you so much for that. Um, listen, we're at the close of our time, and you have provided some awesome insights that I'm sure our listeners, um, as they're embarking on their CBIS journeys, hopefully will find very useful. So thank you so much for your time um, and for participating in this podcast.
1: Absolutely, my pleasure. Thank you so much, Lori. Thank you, Jeff.
0: Yeah, are a pleasure, Val. Thanks again.